This is a Vuma 103 podcast. Legacy until noon with Vanessa Marawa. Ziya Buya Evoma 103 this morning. I'm at Saba This one chosen by our guest this morning, Mr. Sandy Lezungu. Good morning and welcome to Vuma 103. It's going down. It's Nandi. <laughs> Down so 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 very well. So Thank very you. well. Why the song? You know, when you send me a list, I was like, "Inkala ngayimpela." Kano zonkazela uguti amachi jamsho peganjani. You know, I, I used to be a, a, a DJ at university. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, in the eighties, and um, I would do a nice mix of R and B and dance song. It was disco those days, and then when I break from the norm, then I would play maskandi, uh, imbizo. Um, things like much jump shop, and it was it was hell. It All was hell going problems. down. Absolutely. Look at this. We already are discovering new things about you. Like three minutes, or not even three minutes into the interview, a few seconds into the interview. But good morning and welcome to Vuma 103. We are so honoured to have you with us this morning. It is my absolute honour, Vanessa. Thank you so much. Um, and good morning to the Vuma listeners. Mm. Mm. So you, the one thing that was exciting is as soon as I posted on uh, social media, Imlazi claimed straight out the gate. <laughs> so let's let's start there. Chapter one uh, of your story, uh, Mr. Zongo, and of course being a. Maybe the term would be, if people call you a nerd, would that mm. sit well with you or would it be... Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. I never was a nerd. You were never a nerd. <laughs> never. You were just academically gifted. That's right. I was mm. academically gifted, but I've always been a balanced person. Mm. To the extent that even when I went to university, I was involved in student politics. I was involved in the social milieu. I was a DJ. I dated quite a bit. Um, that was my life. And I was... but very focused. I was there for academia mm-hmm. and um, I got my degree on the third time of four years. I got out of there. But I, I said, okay, if you're a child, don't skip phases. Be a child. Once you're an adult, be an adult and uh, get into uh, mid, mid, uh, mid, mid-life, where I am now, and, um, and look back with, um, you know, with pride and, and, and a smile, but saying, I'm not going to be there again. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always been curious when uh, um, somebody has the kind of story <coughs> that you do, because you're also you're, you're relatively young, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in uh, talking about the kind of. Thank you for that. You, no, you are. <laughs> compared, I mean, when you look at what you've achieved yes. and you look at your age, it's, it's, it's really amazing. And for me, I'm always interested in that. When you say you are a balanced person. Um, so what in you 
drove you towards um, initially before you became a businessman you were an engineer so what drives you away from wanting to be a dj because you look at our kids these days and everybody's like yes but so do, did you always have that drive would you understood or whatever it is out of this balanced uh, personality that you already had uh, you know started out having in which part of that would you then pursue and and follow through on how did you make the decision or do you think it's just uh, your own passions that led you there let me tell you if if i if i chose to follow my passions and um, took any of my hobbies and made them a profession i could have been a photographer mm. you know? uh, i used to be a photographer on campus people would invite me for private shoots and i made money but it wasn't much um, I could have been a DJ. Uh, those days, being a DJ was not a, a profession that anyone could pursue with um, with, with with all seriousness. Um, and um, you know, I said, look, one thing that I'm gifted in is academia, and I was it was a purposeful living to p pursue a career in, either in engineering or to pursue a life in business because uh, it was um, something that was sustainable for a long time. So I chose the latter mm. uh, because it provided me security. Notwithstanding, I'm enjoying myself. I couldn't want to do it any other way. You're but a rock star <laughs> in business. It worked out perfectly. Yeah, sure. So what is also interesting is um, in the time when you were making those sorts of choices, uh, there weren't really many um, people of color that you could look mm. up to and say, I'm going to grow up and be like Mr. Whoever. You kind of were on the forefront of empowerment, uh, you know, and, and, and led that charge. What made you understand that you could? Because we didn't have anyone that, sh that told us or showed us that we could. Well, I could pay tribute to a few people who really were not exactly what I am, were not exactly in my space, but um, provided us with a great deal of guidance. Uh, some of them deliberately mentored us. People like Donem Kwanaz, for example, were luminaries in my time and in my space. People like uh, Professor Mohale Mahanyele, he was in business, he owned National Soccer Breweries, and he spoke about black economic empowerment when it was not fashionable to do mm. so. Uh, so those are people we looked up to. People like Dr. Mo, uh, Dr. Ntato Motlana, uh, just to name a few. Uh, Dr. Um, uh, Oscar Lomo, um, you know, there were, there were a few uh, luminaries mm. that we could look up to that were not really a perfect example of what we wanted to be. Um, so when one modeled uh, himself into the future, uh, we could look at, at, at some people. But it was quite clear for me right up front that uh, I saw South Africa as a very small platform. It's a very important platform, but a small platform. South Africa is made up of uh, less than 60 million people. Africa is made up of uh, at least 20 times that. And the world is made up of more than 100 times that. So we are a small uh, part. Now, if you want to be a, a, a business person, look at the global platform. Mm. So um, South Africa, for me, is still a stepping stone. Um, I, I want to see myself being a, a player in the global pl platform, um, quite, quite frankly, with that. Uh, something like cocky or uh, less than humble mm. uh, in my uh, pronouncing on my on my view of the future but uh, that's what it is
Hey, if you understand who you are, I always say own that. It doesn't mean you are not humble. Uh, one of the other things that I came to understand in uh, just uh, looking into your history, uh, Mr. Zung, if you are joining us, by the way, uh, on Legacy this uh, Friday morning on Avuma 103, I'm uh, speaking to businessman uh, Sandy Lezung this morning. He is uh, a legacy in the making, and we always like to get in, you know, while the legacy is being built and uh, look at the foundation and sniff around and see what we can learn uh, from this great uh, legacy that is uh, coming our way that we will always uh, talk about, uh, especially like KZN. So what I understand also is that uh, in high school, you perhaps in the time before you decided that you might be able to uh, have this wonderful life in the business arena, first in engineering and then in business, uh, you had been quite okay. You had made peace in, your, in yourself that you might just end up being a teacher. This was something that was a possibility for you and perhaps for a time that's where you saw yourself because I don't know what else was possible. Mm. Uh, what do you think when you look back at that uh, uh, dream? Was it a dream? What, what do you think when you look back at that and, and think, hmm, what kind of teacher would I, have, I, I would have been as Usandi Lezung? Well, I've always been a conscientious uh, South African uh, who cares about the environment around me, who cares about the community I'm in, who cares about, about people um, who are not necessarily my family, but uh, who matter. We are all humans after all, the children of God. So I thought um, being a teacher would place me in a very good position to influence the cause of black people in particular. Um, the fact that my parents would never have afforded to send me to university, given the fact that my elder brother was already at university and they were paying for him out of their own uh, net income, as it were. And my father told me quite frankly, said, my boy, um, forget about university, we will not afford to send it to varsity. So I said, don't worry, Dad. Um, I got um, myself registered um, with uh, Amazon Toti uh, College of Education, and I'd been there during my science uh, Olympiad week, and they took a liking for me, and the, the person who was uh, shepherding us around said, oh, sure, forms. And they said, y you've got a space. So I was quite resigned. I'd actually been um, affirmed as a, 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 a teacher at Thomas and Dodi College of Education. Which subject do you think you would have uh, liked? Science, science and mathematics. Okay. Um, I was quite clear. And uh, so when I got uh, a scholarship uh, for engineering from Shell, um, that really marked a turning point. So that is quite interesting because uh, at that time in our history in South Africa, of course, uh, there were... Uh, big companies that kind of were still part of our fabric uh, as a society and they did come through and pay, play a big role in uh, kind of leading the charge and educating uh, people of color at that time and them coming through meant that you were exposed to going to Hilton College, that you were exposed to going to university and pu uh, pursuing uh, engineering as uh, a degree. Was engineering um, your choice or your parents' choice? Because we all have that you know, your parents say, hey, look, I think this is the, is the space that you could probably excel in. Was it your choice or somebody else? Quite frankly, I did not know about engineering. Um, when I went for interviews, I remember very well that uh, Mr. Zamani Jali, who was driving me from Vuzake High School to Shell House in town, he asked me a few questions. Um, what do you know about engineering? And I admitted, look, very little what an engineer does. and But what I've done is just basic research, which says if you are good in physics, 
uh, and I enjoy the mechanical part, maybe I can be a mechanical engineer. If you are good uh, in physics and you enjoy the electrical part, maybe I can be an electrical engineer. If you enjoy the chemistry part, I'll be a chemical engineer. Those were basic basics of what um, you know informed my understanding of engineering. So he took me through on the way on the M4 towards Shell House. By the time I got to Shell House, I knew a little bit and I knew that there was also a good guy from Vukuzaka High School who was doing engineering at the uh, University of Cape Town. Um, his name was uh, Cyril Gamede. Um, there was another one called um, Alfred Kaba. Uh, no. So those were luminaries from Vukuzaka High School who had made it. Mm. And there was another chap called Mlamulip Telezi who was um, already at, um, at, I think, Hilton College the, 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 that year. So I knew that there were people that I could emulate, okay. but I did not know much. So, but the scholarship was really about engineering and commerce. Mm. And commerce was not uh, a choice for me because I had not done commercial subjects. And I thought uh, that was quite important if you were to pursue that, um, that, that, that uh, path. And so interestingly is then uh, coming from Mlazi, mm. going to high school Mlazi, you then go to Hilton College, you then go to UCT and you find yourself minority. Mm. <laughs> that yeah. must have been quite something to wrap your mind around because here you are in South Africa, in Africa, and you find yourself in a minority. What was the response to you? And of course, being academic and excelling in academia as you did, what is the response to you from those that you found there already? I know the question you're asking is a very fundamental one. Um, the last time I was a, a majority, part of the majority was at uh, high school mm. at Vuzake. So I went to Hilton College. I was a, a minority in my own country. Um, world-class environment, yes, but I was a minority, so I had to adapt to being a minority and to behaving like one. Um, when I went to university, in any lecture theatre I was in, I was always a minority. Um, it's only when I stepped out of the lecture theatre in my own tiny uh, network that I, I, I found comfort in, in, me, in being in my community, to the extent that even at Smarts Hall, uh, we had a block which was basically dominated by uh, um, you know, black mm. students. We called it Ndofaya, uh, Block D. Okay. Uh, we named it. So we actually had to claim spaces. Claim our own spaces. Mm. So the same when I went to work for Richards Bay Minerals, I was practically the first uh, black engineering graduate. So and when I was um, almost like recruited, I was told by my uh, HR manager that you'll be a guinea pig. You are there to educate um, white peers that it's possible. Mm. And I said, for sure. I went in there, but I regretted, quite frankly, that um, I, I use uh, such an elementary phase in my professional career um, to be a test case. Mm. Because it was quite bruising. I'm sure. So, so the life has been quite bruising whenever I've gone. But uh, as you mature, uh, you become very assertive and you, you are forthright in terms of spelling out exactly what you stand for and what you want. And people tend to respect that. I find that, I mean, being a pioneer as you are um, and have been, it, it is very bruising because I think in even now, in 2020, there's still a lot of firsts, scarily enough. There's still a lot of firsts for uh, people of color. And uh, I cannot imagine 
it then Ogoti, how hard that is and how we still have issues in setting out exactly what you're saying, saying being forthright and stating our cases and being clear in what we want. So I want to get more into that when we come back. Going to be playing some more of your music, uh, Mr. Zungu Namhlanje, Mr. DJ. <laughs> Look, we found out new things, Kona Live Vuma 103. Um, perhaps it's gonna, I'm going to play it in the background and you can introduce the song. You got it? Oh, yes. Which one is this one? This is um, Frankie Beverly with Maze. Uh, we are one. Perfect. <laughs> I think you might take over this job. <laughs> It is 18 minutes until 11 on Vuma 103. It is till noon. I am Vanessa Marawa and our legacy feature today, the guest is Mr. Sandile Zongo, a local man who's done good. You know what? It's always with pride because, of course, uh, Vuma 103 is mainly based in KZN. So when we are able uh, to feature somebody like you, uh, Mr. Zungu, we are always excited. So thank you once again. So here's uh, where I'd like to go with the conversation because I did uh, say as I was leading up to this conversation that I really want to Speak to the man behind uh, the headlines. And of course, you are not just a businessman. You're not just a philanthropist. You're not just a former engineer. You're not just a pioneer. You're also a family man. Tell me what that experience has been like and how you found balance in that space. Because you've said you're a balanced man. How is that part of your life? Well, it's it's very interesting that um, I got married at 24. Sure. And uh, when I look back now and I said, she's... I was very young, mm. but um, when you find someone that is a treasure and you decide, ah, this is where the future is, uh, you need no convincing. Age where did you meet, if I may be that uh, I curious? Met, I met, I met um, Zotwa in 1987. Um, I was visiting a friend at uh, Ungoi University, and she was a, 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 a fresh student there. Mm. She was doing her first year. And um, we met, we you know, fell in love, effectively. And uh, four years later, we tied the knot. And at the time, I was already working, and my first job was at Richards Bay Minerals. Mm. So I got to spend more time with her, uh, basically two years, 89, 90, and 91, we got married. Mm. 
And uh, at that time, I'm always curious about how, you know, that space uh, develops because do you then buy a home? How do you decide? Because there was so much that was also at stake in yes. terms of uh, what you've now achieved. But how do you balance that love and also going, I actually have these dreams of who I can be. Uh, and how did you, the two of you with Osir uh, Zodwa then kind of give each other that, because relationships are like that. You have to give that each other that space, which, okay, for now, I'll look after the family. You go do your thing. Or how did you work it out? That, that's correct. So, um, you know, we had um, pretty much nothing. We were starting from scratch and uh, we had our own dreams about the size of female we wanted um, and, uh, and it worked like a charm because I, mean, I remember we had a conversation we love to have three boys and we had three boys um, and um, and so for that reason it's very it's very easy to plan your life when you've got a partner that supports you that understands your frustrations when you go back home you know you're going to your sanctuary not to uh, the, the, the court. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so not to a court of law. Mm. You've, got, you've got constructive conversations and the, when you walk out of that home, you are ready to face another battle, knowing that your home base is, is well fortified. So it worked exceptionally well for me. So it's very, very easy to balance my um, career objectives and interests with my family, raising the family. Um, so the boys, uh, the eldest has, has completed university, is now working within my own environment. The middle one uh, completed matric and uh, she's effectively a tertiary. And the last one is completing matric now. Um, and they're great uh, children. And uh, the daughter as well from a, a previous relationship who's pretty much grown with us. Uh, an exceptionally good uh, gal. Um, she works with me in my environment as well. Uh, so um, if I count on my blessings, I think my children are my biggest blessing. To mm. And uh, of course, um, unfortunately and sadly, you lost your wife um, due to breast cancer. Yes. Um, that must have been also devastating. And how do you then proceed as a single father and a businessman and everything else that you had going on. But let's first start with the devastation of losing your, the partner, your life partner. What was that like? Well, we had 10 years of preparation, mm. even though the D-Day of her losing her life, you can never prepare for it. She was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer in 2006 in August. And 10 years later in August 2016, um, she passed on. Um, what that really um, afforded us as an opportunity to talk about the future um, and to talk about uh, the legacy issues, to talk about the values um, and basically to idealize about what kind of um, a future we had for, for our children as well. Um, so when it finally happened, um, it was not like you woke up in the morning, someone went out to, to, to town and then in the evening you are mm. told she's gone. So there's an element of preparation. Uh, it's still painful um, as it is, but um, geez, I mean, she, she worked so hard for that family and uh, we had a wonderful life together. So I've got no regrets whatsoever. Mm. I think um, if, if anything, she would have wanted me to move on. Possibly um, I've been very slow at moving on, but she would have wanted me to move on because she clearly wanted the best for me.
I think that's the blessing, though, that you had the time to prepare and to discuss how and what needs to happen. Um, and so, you know, it's somehow, I suppose, easier than to plan your family and carry on being a single father uh, in that space. Um, and then when we talk about um, going back to your business side, um, you did mention in an interview of yours that I saw uh, that for you it was important when you went into business and started being a businessman because you left engineering behind at some yes. point. Yeah. And you said, oh, and also apparently because of your curiosity, <laughs> you were like, what's this thing called business? Let me go check that out for a bit. You did your MBA and then you um, started you know, your, your company. You went also to Harvard to go and sharpen your skills and did all of that and came back and you're like, now I'm ready to take this thing on, take the bull by the horns. But for you, it was always important for you not to just be the token uh, mundu yes, yes. <laughs> in the space. You actually wanted to add a value so that when, uh, you know, as things progress, that you, you were kind of the go-to person for if you want a person who's actually going to add value and not just be a token, mm -hmm. that was you. Is that, that something that you're trying to also shift in the space because i think for a lot of people you look at that space and you're like oh he's only there because you know and and i think that that might take away from what you actually do in that space you see i've never been a token and uh, if someone brings me on board because she or he is looking for a token um that person quickly gets surprised uh, i'm not um i'm not um at the same time, a, a lunatic scatterbrain who defies ex expectations uh, in a brutal manner. Uh, I've been very clear about what I want, and I know exactly what I stand for. Um, and to the extent possible, I shy away from those environments which are not um, a, a perfect match and alignment between my interests and what they expect. Mm. Because I don't want to waste anybody's time, uh, neither do I want my time to waste it. Uh, so it's been very easy for me to say, look, the, the journey I want for myself uh, is not going to be an easy one. At times it's solitary, uh, but let me be true to it. Mm. Uh, even when I ventured into business, um, you know, uh, I find myself at times a solitary uh, black person on the board of companies. Sometimes, even if there are uh, other black people on the board, I find that I'm the only one who is really vocal about something. Others are very... Uh, ready to uh, conform um, and not express the view and not talk for others. Mm. Um, I find that I derive so much joy. I go to bed uh, and sleep peacefully when I know I've spoken my mind uh, in a dignified manner. Do you understand what a what a, a rare quality that is in mm. in all our spaces, not just business in South Africa at the moment? That's mm. a very rare quality. Going to a question from uh, Umlaleli Utemba shares. He sent us a message quite early on in the show, and he said he's very excited to have you, Sandy Lezungu, on uh, this show today. Would you please ask him for me, as a successful black leader, business leader, does he feel the burden of pulling others up? since he has a lot of influence in the business world. Utiana, I'm one person who is well qualified and extensively experienced who resigned from his previous job to protect his integrity and good name. But since resigning, I have been applying to so many jobs uh, uh, to match my skills and experience. However, I've realized that corruption runs so deep in this country that it's not easy to get a job without a connection, even if you are the right person for the job. They don't shortlist you for an interview. Please tell him my story that I need his help uh, to get into companies boards. What do you say to somebody like this? He's qualified. He's an audit and risker committee member. He is this person who is qualified, but 
stuck now because he's not um, he doesn't have the right people because that's also something you mentioned you said that you, your uh, parents were not uh, politically involved they never went to Robben Island so you had to forge your own direction what do you say to a young man in 2020 who's finding that he's being shut out of the space well I think the original question do I have feel a burden mm. um, I feel an obligation more than a burden um, sometimes fulfilling that obligation can be burdensome but it's not a burden um, because it's not easy uh, we have a responsibility to pull each other up um, you cannot be you can't be the first black but don't be the only mm. black and endeavor to um, bring more into the fold um, and so People like myself have a responsibility. I mentor a lot of people. Um, because I'm a serious mentor, I give people tasks. And there are some lazy mentees. You give them a task, please just prepare one pager. Where do you see yourself in 20 years' time? They'll never come back. Mm. Why? Because they, they, they attach greater value in just having tea or coffee with you. And pretty much saying, I've met Sandile. Uh, we took a, a selfie. <laughs> that's um, enough. And that's it. But if I say do work, because prepare me so that I can fulfill my mentorship role uh, better, they disappear because they don't want to work. Yeah. So that's that's one of the responsibilities or the, the, the hazards that we face as people who are looked upon to mentor others. That people we mentor don't want to work. They don't want to work. They don't want to to do their part, they just want us to open doors mm. um, without questioning, uh, put our reputations on the line without questioning because we have an so I think the, 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 the danger is, um, Sandile, that I think for a lot of people, when you've worked behind the scenes, as long as you have, and you've built and you've built and you've built, the uh, then obviously now you're in the media and people are like oh overnight success and they think it was easy it came easy to you and i think that's the danger that i we now with in instant gratification everything is now easy 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 and you forget that there's there's work that's that actually right. goes into it of course we can't wrap up the interview without touching on your latest uh, big deal which uh, is uh, becoming the president of amazulu yes. uh, just recently on the 2nd of october the announcement was made only the brave usutu why Mm -hmm. It's a big brand. Um, it's a pride of the Zulu people. It's a pride of the province of KwaZulu-Natal. It's a pride of uh, the lovers of soccer. Because remember, also to uh, were uh, the providers of the greatest of talent to the Bantu 11. So it's a pride of the whole nation, not mm. just the Zulu people. Um, but it's a brand that, in my humble opinion, has been poorly managed. Um, and this team can be the number one team in the country um, in terms of uh, followership, in terms of uh, uh, cup success, uh, in terms of every other measure of soccer. And you've made some uh, big uh, statements around this. You said yeah. top four. I want it to be in the top four come end of the season. Hmm. If it doesn't, we'll have failed. Uh, but it does not mean that we'll bury our heads in the sand or throw our hands in the air. Um, but there's a bold target we're setting for ourselves. And we've got 12 years to build this brand to be the number one brand. So I'll be calling for the support. And I wanted to be in the sport because I love the sport. Mm. Uh, but I wanted to be behind a big brand, um, at least a potential brand. And uh, I could not have taken uh, the second best option. Mm. So Amazon is the game. 
and um, watch the space. It's going to be built around the people who have supported us all the supported all the time. It's going to be built around corporate support. Uh, people want to be associated with Mlazi, uh, sorry, with um, Amazulu. It's going to be built around uh, the the fan base, which has been very fanatic about the team. And um, the rest will be history come uh, tw- twenty years time. I could have, uh, I can still continue this conversation for another hour, but that is our time, uh, Mr. Zungu. We've touched on almost everything that I wanted to touch on, and I do thank you for your time and coming through and inspiring, I think, more more importantly, and clarifying for us. We need to be more serious about what we want for our own futures. I think that's the message I got from you today, and uh, that makes me... I'll, I'll take that. I'll put that in my little uh, bag and go home with that. Uh, but we're wrapping up with one more song of yours. Uh, it takes us up to the news at 11 o'clock. Is there one last word that you'd like to leave us with as uh, we play the music in the background? Well, the future is very bright. Um, we may be concerned about uh, South Africa, uh, you know, uh, downgrade, uh, COVID-19, but um, let's never lose um, you know our confidence in our own country, but it will require us to throw our hands on the wheel and shoulders as well. So I'm equal to the task, and so is everyone that is associated with me. I invite them to play their part. You know what I've enjoyed about this conversation? When you're talking about something you really believe in, it's written all over your face. So I'm glad you are able to join us live in the studio. Thank you for listening, and I hope if you want to go check out the video, it is still on a Facebook, my Facebook, not the Vuma FM. And uh, thank you. Mr. Sandy Lezongu. This one, awesome. From DJ. Whoops. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's Thank Shalama. Friday at 9 a.m. till 12 p.m.